Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thank you for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. This is our first episode of the year 2021, and we're ready for it. We're putting 2020 behind us, which was NCIA's 10th year as a trade association. So now we're heading into our 11th year as the National Cannabis Industry Association. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, the Deputy Deputy Director of Communications at NCIA. Today, my guest is Jacques Santucci of Nucleus One. He's the president, which the company provides business management consulting, specializing in the cannabis industry. Working as an entrepreneur for over 10 years, Jacques founded the firm on the premise of sharing his experience and proven best practices, helping cannabis businesses succeed at the intersection of finance, operations, and strategy. His focus is on setting up corporate strategy and structure, operations, and administration of the business, designing and overseeing construction of facilities and systems, as well as creating strong relationships with financing partners and major vendors with a cross-functional approach to innovation and performance. As the industry is evolving, he spearheaded cannabis companies in several states, including Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Ohio, and Hawaii, amongst others. He's a sought-after speaker on the topics of the impact of 280E, definitely a big issue for NCIA, and primary business management basics for the recreational market and the evolution of the New England market. I know that was a big introduction, and you also serve on NCIA's Facilities Design Committee, so you're very active in the industry. Welcome to the show, Jacques. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, interestingly, you say, you know, uh, voice of cannabis. And uh, if this time it's a voice with an accent. <laughs> that Yes, we we are primarily in the United States here, but we talk to people with lots of backgrounds. Speaking of, uh, let's learn more about your background and experience before you got involved in all this cannabis stuff. Yes. Well, thanks for having me on your show. I'm glad I've got a chance to uh, talk with you. Yeah, so my career started uh, in the business uh, management. I've always had a focus on business management uh, with a, you know, either financial or operating, uh, operation management. So before my involvement in my current role and before my involvement in cannabis, I started actually my career at Ernst & Young in Paris as an auditor. And then after that, I, I continued to work in the entertainment industry uh, for Universal Picture. And then I uh, moved wow. to the tourism industry where I work for uh, an international company, a yacht charter company, who was developing their operations in the U.S. And that's what brought me to the U.S. now over 20 years ago. 
and uh, you know I know intention of uh, really staying in the, in the US and uh, for sure didn't even think that would be involved in the cannabis industry. But um, 12 years ago, I uh, uh, founded a, a business performance management firm. And what we do uh, on the performance management is really helping uh, create companies, turnarounds of companies, really helping business owners to get to their goal. So that's that's what we do, uh, and that's what I've been doing. You know, even before starting my own company, you know, focusing on business performance, on strategy, working with entrepreneurs, and um, and that's what led me to the cannabis industry. Now, ten years ago, you know, uh, we talked uh, a few weeks ago about the ten-year anniversary of NCI. It's also my 10-year anniversary of, uh, of uh, was uh, in, uh, in 2020, my 10-year anniversary of being involved in the cannabis industry. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's great. Yes. Um, so you mentioned some of those industries you worked in before. A lot of them are pretty intense and fast-paced, like the entertainment industry. So I imagine that set you up pretty well for our industry, the cannabis industry, which is changing every day, right? Yes. How, yeah, how, how did that happen? Like, uh, how did you end up in this industry and, and was there any resistance or worry about how intensely regulated and, you know, we are still federally illegal? Yeah, so interestingly, uh, 10 years ago, I didn't know much about the cannabis industry. And uh, so I live in Maine, and, uh, and that's where I developed my businesses. And um, back in 2009, the, uh, the state of Maine passed the medical marijuana program and implemented it in early 2010. And um, so obviously I was uh, aware a little bit of, uh, of, of that. But if you remember back in 2009, 2010, you know, cannabis was not really uh, a prime topic of business. And uh, Maine, you know, being a smaller state, you know, the East Coast being barely present in the cannabis industry industry at the time, you know, it was really uh, not really on the radar to too many people. And so um, Maine was one of the first states actually on the East Coast to embrace the industry at the time and, and pass that uh, licensing program. So there was a, a eight licenses, vertically integrated operation uh, um, to be uh, awarded. And as a consultant, I worked with a local group uh, to apply for licenses in the spring of 2010. And, um, you know, just like a lot of consultants, you, you, you work with your clients and uh, you will try to uh, get to, you know, the end of the engagement and do a good job. And, and we did. We got four licenses out of the eight, mid-2010, uh, four dispensaries. And, uh, and that was my, uh, my first time in the cannabis industry. Uh, I have to say, though, before we were awarded the, the, the or before we did the application, uh, I had to educate myself on the cannabis industry. So I flew to uh, California, spent a, a few days in Berkeley and uh, met uh, very uh, great people in Berkeley uh, and around the, in the San Francisco Bay and uh, understood, you know, or started to understand the challenges of the cannabis industry and then realized that you know, on the East Coast, that was not yet there. And, and we probably could have a, a different model, business model. So uh, long story short, uh, we, you know, we, uh, our company got uh, four uh, licenses and we started a company called Wellness Connection of Maine. And that was one of the first, if not the first um, company on the East Coast to have the opportunity to start, you know, in, um, um, in, in, in the cannabis industry. 
And yeah. so that was that was my jump. You know, somebody pushed me in the big pool and started to swim. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes. California, the Bay Area there is certainly a bit of a hub. There's there's so much history there yeah. um, with with the cannabis movement, which has now become an industry for sure. It's great that uh, you yeah. got to meet some of the veterans from that area in, in our movement. So and, and that really yeah. helped me actually uh, start, you know, uh, our, um, you know, uh, journey in the cannabis industry, because, you know, I, when I remember when I was there, there was banking issues, there was uh, inventory issues, there was, you know, local government mm-hmm. uh, uh, misunderstanding. So, you know, when I went back to Maine and after we were awarded the licenses, you know, we 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 had to raise obviously uh, funds uh, in late 2010, early 2011, and then we had to go around talk to government, and then I had to convince banks and insurance companies and mm-hmm. you know find employees. So I you know um, I, I I approached it in a, from a, a different standpoint, you know, from a different angle, and uh, and we actually were um, I don't know if I was about to say we we're lucky. But our our goal was actually to uh, try to set a standard. So on the East Coast and particularly in Maine at the time, we could uh, uh, show the business environment that there was there, there was something. So we actually found the bank. There was insurance brokers that helped us. You know, mm-hmm. we 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 found um, employees, and uh, and the the company ended up being successful. You know, we and you know the company. Uh, Grew to 90 employees, four stores, you know, 50,000 square feet of growth site. Wow. Um, uh, you know, we did our own R&D. I haven't been involved with the company for now uh, over three years, but and now the company is part of Acreage Holdings. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so bringing all those lessons um, into your new role now with Nucleus One. Um, you've been a member of NCIA and still involved in the cannabis industry. Tell me more about what's going on with Nucleus One and, and how you're <clears throat> continuing to serve the cannabis industry. Yeah, so so obviously uh, I'm 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 an entrepreneur at heart, and uh, uh, you know after a couple of years working on 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 Wellness Connection, you know realized that it was a unique opportunity as a business person. I'm not I'm not talking financially here. I'm talking about you know uh, uh, you know thinking about the the how how you grow a company, right? It's it's a unique opportunity. We just at the at the fringe of the society. And so in 2012, 2013, we you know uh, some of the investors, early investors uh, that we had, uh, some of them actually started Acreage. That's you know that's probably the the the, the non connection. You know you know uh, contacted us. Us back and say, you know, we have other projects. You know, how about we all work together and 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 look into other uh, uh, states and what we can do. So we started to be uh, hired. And when I say we, it's it's my consulting team, my my consulting company, that's now you know called uh, Nucleus One, uh, specialized in the cannabis industry. We worked on some licensing projects around the country. So we first started in Rhode Island, where we uh, worked on the license and then started a project. Uh, one of the three medical uh, company in Rhode. Island, and then in Connecticut in uh, you know 2013 and 14, uh, also in the medical uh, um, uh, medical marijuana market, and then you know we had a project in Hawaii, uh, in Maui, and then and then so that's when we realized well there is a need for uh, consultants that are helping and um, you know operators or, or people who want to get in the industry to get their license and to help them with their business model, their strategy, their financial uh, needs, their capital needs. 
and uh, and um, and help them, you know, get off the ground based on our experience on the ground. And um, and so obviously, you know, uh, Massachusetts opened, uh, um, you know, uh, 2015, 2016, and you know, being based in New England, you know, that that network led us to develop, uh, uh, you know, our um, practice in Massachusetts. So now. You know, Nucleus One has clients nationwide. You know, we help our clients with their licensing process, their uh, application, uh, you know, competitive or non-competitive, and the business model, the strategy, and then um, you know uh, the startup assistance. So once the strategic decision has been made that they, the the, the company has the license and and you know has got uh, capital to uh, get going, you know we boots on the ground to start the project, guiding as project manager, you know helping with the design. You know we, mm-hmm. you know not only the design of the building but the design of the process that is you know helping the talent, and uh, and that's what we do. And then you know yeah. Uh, um, awesome. And there's still plenty of challenges for cannabis companies to navigate this, some of the same, very same that you mentioned from 10 years ago. And we're going to get into some of that in the next segment. So let's take our first commercial break and be right back to talk more with Jacques from Nucleus One. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we're chatting with Jock Santucci from Nucleus One. Uh, So let's start by diving into some of these challenges we mentioned before. There's the obvious ones, banking. There's some you might not expect to face when you're designing or updating your cannabis facility specifically. Taxes. We haven't talked about 280E, the IRS tax code in a while here on the show, because safe banking has been stealing the show. Um, But let's circle back on this tax provision that's still very much impacting our industry, even in the facilities design stage of the process. Yes. So, Definitely, 280E has had a huge impact in in general uh, for the cannabis industry. You know, over the years, for the medical marijuana uh, operators, you know, we all found uh, um, ways to optimize the impact. You know, thanks to IRS cases like Champ, Olive, you know, and and companies like Harborside that you know have been uh, really uh, uh, working to find solutions. You know, we we mm-hmm. found tax strategies right to stay compliant but still mitigate the tax impact working on cost of goods um, uh, the line of businesses and 
and even how we design the facilities, you know, uh, when we design facility, we make sure that, you know, the, the production facility is well designed and, and clear. So, you know, when we, we uh, do allocations, you know, it's, it's uh, well recorded, when, well uh, documented. So for any IRS, uh, uh, you know, potential audits and, and for sure for compliance purposes. The, uh, the issue that we've seen in the past couple of years is, um, is with the adult use market. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the medical marijuana industry historically has been more or less, if not entirely vertically integrated, right? Uh, at least, you know, a, a lot of states. And so that really helped with the 280E uh, uh, um, um, uh, on the medical side. But the adult use market has uh, brought new challenges uh, at every level. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, not only the line of business is maybe well too well defined and and it kind of limits the 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 uh, any strategies but you know what we've seen is the adult use market is bringing different type of applications and and less and less and i think we we can talk about it later but t uh, less and less um vertically integrated and so for retailers you know it's it's it more difficult to um, optimize their taxes and 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 find strategies to mitigate the the the, the impact so you know, I, uh, when we design uh, facilities on the adult use and we help design facilities or, or the process, we still pay a lot of attention to, uh, to the E, but for the adult use market, the, the, it's, it's more and more difficult. So now we're looking at 2021 and thinking, well, the momentum to make some changes there, you know, uh, hopefully to 2021 will, will bring us, you know, uh, uh, more good news on, on the uh, tax side. But you know how is that going to happen? And and one of my fear, and and maybe I'm not going to make too many friends here, is that you know cannabis is fully legalized in 2021, and 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 I don't think we're ready, at least on the tax side. And I don't think uh, uh, that would you know that that would be uh, the way we can solve the 280 impact. I think the best way, probably, to uh, resolve it is to acknowledge the fact that all those businesses are legal and they're not trafficking, even on adult use, and then simplify the the, the tax the, mm -hmm. the the tax part. Uh, and just like you were talking about the safe banking, right? If if we could you know simplify the banking and simplify taxes, I think that would help organizations like NCI and all the work we're doing for best practices mm -hmm. to be implemented before we op open the floodgates. Oh, I agree. I mean, 280E and of course, Safe Banking, the Safe Banking Act is, is two of NCIA's legislative priorities federally. And, and we did publish a policy report several years ago about 280E and our recommendations, which, you know, moving cannabis to from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2 really does not fix it because of how the code is written. Yep. Maybe moving it to Schedule 3, but of course, NCIA's stance is to deschedule cannabis from that controlled substances list. However, our policy paper suggests uh, a band-aid approach, I suppose, or, or a permanent fix would be to amend that code to exempt state legal cannabis businesses. So yep. yeah, yeah, we're, we, we're pushing forward. We've got um, a friendlier and friendlier Congress, hopefully, as we move forward here. So we'll see what kind of work yep. NCIA and our members can do. And 
let me mention, you're working across various states. Each state has its own licensing process. It's its own little universe. Some are medical only states, some are adult use focused, some are both. So let's talk about and compare some of these differences from state to state from your perspective. Yes. Yeah, so the, the, the licensing pro process is seems to actually heading in a, a good direction. Uh, if I look back 10 years ago when we did the, the, the main application, I think there was like 30 people that applied and uh, looking back, and it, it felt very difficult at the time, but looking back, it was a very simple application. And, uh, uh, and then after that, you know, th those competitive applications got, you know, more and more competitive, uh, uh, more and more um, uh, kind of a weird in a sense and and uh, and i'm not sure it was really kind of bringing the best uh uh to to the industry and uh it seems that it's uh also it was promoting vertically integrated uh, uh companies for a long time and that trend seems to be changing i mean you know we saw it in in massachusetts uh I mean, Massachusetts is actually a good example. Started with a very uh, competitive application and, and changed gears. But you know, f uh, five six years ago, Massachusetts, uh, Hawaii, um, and other places were very competitive. Now Massachusetts uh, is is more of an, a rolling basis, right? And you've got the the state application, and then uh, um, and then you find the, the municipalities. It's less vertically integrated. It gives a chance to people to um, uh, you know focus on 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 their own business and not sure. everybody can be uh, a, a manufacturer not everybody can be a, a cultivation retail uh delivery so now i think you know the, the 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 trends that we see may be getting closer to what the alcohol industry have done where we have um you know the the uh, um, uh, people that are really focusing on what they're good at, right? And mm -hmm. and so they, some do products, some are doing the retail, and then the municipalities and the states are vetting the the the, the people that are uh, part of those industry. And uh, and you know, and you still have some aberrations, uh, if I can say it that way, where you have Rhode Island who's doing a lottery, or you know, like uh, mm -hmm. late 2020, where Georgia comes up with an application for a low THC uh, cultivation at the last minute, which I think is is not going anywhere. But th those those uh, applications to me do not promote. Uh, the cannabis industry in in a professional way, and 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 I'm glad to see states like Massachusetts or, or or other states that are embracing the industry, and the and the legislator and the um, um, you know the, the 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 commissioners or, or whatever cannabis commissions are working on are, are are looking into other states and trying to learn from from the past and 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 maybe uh, from the operators. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I have to say the the licensing, it's it's best when it's set up in a way to allow small businesses, to allow mom and pop, to allow people who have been impacted negatively by the war yep. on drugs yep. to to have a piece of this. Like the lessons of the cannabis plant is is for the people. So, yes. for, yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, we, we do get a little hippie-ish here on this show. So, Oh, no, no. And, and, <laughs> and I agree. I mean, thanks to the work of NCIA and, and all the work we've been doing, all, all of us, right, for the past 10 years, I think the regulatory bodies and the state officials got to know better who are the, the players. And, and I would mm -hmm. agree. 
that having a, a kind of a, on a license on a rolling basis gives a lot more chance to socially disadvantaged uh, people, people mm -hmm. who have been impacted by the cannabis industry, because they, they get a chance uh, to, uh, you know, uh, get their business together, right? And Absolutely. it doesn't have to be a huge business, but, nope. you know, um, you know, there's some places in the country that uh, a small retail store and, and a small cultivation is exactly what it, it's, it is needed. But when you look at, you know, 20 licenses and 200 applicants, I mean, you know that the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the talented uh, uh, small cultivator has almost no chances. Absolutely. Well, we uh, we have just a minute left before okay. our next commercial break. Um, when we come back from the break, I, I definitely want to talk more uh, about your involvement in NCIA. You serve on the Facilities Design Committee, so I can't wait to hear more about that as well. And I and I also want to you know, talk about a little bit of more good news when we come back about some of these states that we saw legalize cannabis in the November election. So there's there's a lot to be optimistic about. So let's take that last commercial break here and we will be right back. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Uh, we've been talking with one of our members, Jacques Santucci from the company Nucleus One. I mentioned he serves on NCIA's Facilities Design Committee. It's one of our 13 industry-focused committees. We also have a Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, which is, there's a lot going on in 2021 with this committee. I encourage everyone to log on to NCIA's website and check out the resources we have for uh, the weekly podcast that my colleague Tahir Johnson hosts called the Cannabis Industry Diversity Report. Uh, we also have a sponsorship program, and I'd like to thank Greenbridge Corporate Council and Forefront Ventures for being sponsors of our diversity, equity, and inclusion program. Thank you all so much, and I encourage others to look into it or just make a donation to the program. We currently have over 100 uh, companies who have received our scholar scholarship of our equity program. So check out all that information on the cannabis industry dot 
org. And now I want to talk more about the work you're doing with the facilities design committee and, and being involved in NCIA, a trade association for cannabis. I, I, I I've, I've been working with NCIA for seven years now, uh, believe it or not. And I've just so enjoyed watching all the innovation, all the coming together, the brainstorming. What's your experience been like working with our colleagues here on the facilities design committee? Yes. So um, I've been involved with NCIA for few years too, you know, uh, you know, back, you know, when I was more of an operator and then, uh, you know, I started a software company called Streamo and, uh, and the need for, uh, to be part of NCIA, you know, really came from, from my experience on the ground and working with clients and working on, on Streamo, because what I found out is that the more we educate the, the market and market being, you know, business, consumer, uh, regulatory uh, bodies, the more we work on, on best practices and the more we work on, on, on processes, the better the, the industry will be accepted and, 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 and the more will be uh, successful altogether. And so one of the committee that really attracted me is the facility design. So you might be surprised that as a business person, a process person, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the facility design because I'm not a designer, I'm not an architect, I'm not a, an engineer. What really interests me there is the fact that business is is needs to be at every level and when i looked and when i talk to some clients i look at some facilities there's a lot of things that are missing so i'm not the one going to tell you you know what kind of hvac you need although you know sometimes i talk too much about it but you know or things like this but really for example you know employee um, how you treat employees go through the facility design the process the the the, the business process go through the facility design so that that's been uh, um, the uh, one of my my, my focus and and you know working on on the software which is around you know inventory and and costs and 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 uh, uh, data tracking is also part of that facility design and and, and compliance so we have uh, good standards and NCIA and the team at NCIA and all the members are have been doing an extraordinary job you know creating those guidelines and, and we're working on 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 releasing uh, uh, standards and and uh, um, so other uh, members or potential future members can see how um, uh, you know that's going to help them you know being more successful and, and being accepted by the uh, business environment absolutely and and I I just uh, early this month January the first couple of blogs I published on NCIA's website came from your committee. So thank you yes. for thank you for all this information. Um, one is about future proofing your business. Um, and, and then the other one was cool. It was putting the D in HVACD, the dehumidification yes. importance in HVAC system. So this is just a, a teaser as to the kinds of advice and insights that our committees are providing for, for our fellow industry so that we can continue yes. to follow best practices. And of course, our favorite uh, motto, compliance, 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 right? Compliance, compliance, <laughs> compliance. And then, you know, uh, NCIA just celebrated 10 years, you know, uh, a few months ago. And uh, hopefully when we had 15, we can also look back and realize that the industry is, is more around standards and we can all compare and, mm -hmm. and all work together to, you know, get stronger. 
Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to 2021 progressing. Let's get those vaccines. Let's get our conferences back. Yes. Let's get our cannabis caucuses, our regional events. Yes. And my favorite event of all time is our annual lobby days in Washington, D.C. Yes. I know. So w- we've w- run out when, of time, when is that again? <laughs> Lobby is days. That, is that in May? It should, it in- should. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the year goes, Jacques. We're, well, we're all crossing our fingers. And our- you, for, you forgot to say that we have, you know, four more states coming online for adult use and we I, have more probably coming. This do. is going to be a, a big year for 2021, for sure. Super exciting year. I know. All yeah. right. We've run out of time. I can't wait to hear more from you and your committee. Where Thank can you people very much. find out about you and Nucleus One? Well, Nucleus-One.com. Uh, we're on the web. You can Google us, Nucleus One. We actually release uh, uh, market reports on a regular basis. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, most of your listeners are already receiving it. And uh, uh, yeah, find us on the web. Uh, and my email is Jacques, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S at Nucleus-One.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today. Happy New Year, everyone. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.